In this episode, we're talking about one of the most polarizing training tools out there, the moon board. Whether you love it or you hate it, this systems board has become a popular training tool across the world, and it has a lot to offer, but perhaps not in the ways that you think. In this episode, we're breaking down the types of sessions you can do on the moon board, how to climb better on it, and the things about the moon board that make us cringe. So chalk up and get ready to yell, Passat! You're listening to the Average Climber Podcast. Okay, Caitlin, I have a fun fact that is both fun and like really not fun at the same time. As per usual, let's hear it. (laughs) This one's like, I don't know, has a slightly depressing flavor. The fun thing is I learned out about a new animal today. Uh I am going to send you a picture of it. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to describe to the audience what you're about to see, but just look at the picture and then I just texted it to you. Oh, God. Tell me how you feel. Okay, please hold. I have a guess about what noise you're going to make, but I'm interested. (laughs) Wow, this is not what I expected. (laughs) What kind of creature is this? It's a type of porpoise. It's called a vaquita. Ugh. it's like a really tiny dolphin. I think it's so cute. It's like a puppy, but a dolphin. Wait. T- oh, my God. Is it like a, p- a pygmy dolphin? Like pygmy goats? <laughs> it's ki- So it's in like the porpoise family. It's not like a... P- it's just like a small... It's like five feet long, max. Like they're okay. little. When I open this, this is what I want to describe to you. It looks like it has a, a lot of eyeliner. Um, yes. It looks like it's... Um, dorsal fin and its other flippy fins are dolphin its body looks like a whale and then its face looks like a seal i'm just saying this is a really interesting hybrid it it really is but it's okay so (laughs) it's extreme i think it's extremely cute i was also a hashtag dolphin girl growing up um so (laughs) yeah we haven't brought this up on the podcast but i had a phase you know when you like really think you're going to be a marine biologist and then Ooh, for yeah. your whole you life too? Um, I also did yeah it's like, you watch flipper and you're like I want to do this yeah um, and then like Lisa Frank came around with all her cute dolphin oh my God, creatures yes. and sea creatures and you're like that's it sold that's, it. that's for me I'm eight and I know what I want to do um welcome but, to the 90s yeah. <laughs> correct yes and so then up until like age 13 um, I was probably over it by the time I was 10, but like, you know how the mm. family doesn't get the updates. So forever <laughs> people just kept getting me dolphin figurines and like oh, no. stuff. And I just had like a pile of it. Um, so it's, it's really sweet though. Um, yeah, it is. It's very cute. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, the fun fact that is not fun about this animal is that over the last decade, we've gone from 576 vaquitas to only 10. <gasps> it's, yeah, I just got, they have issued an extinction alert. Um, oh. It's bad. And largely this is happening because there's a type of fish called a totoaba um, that gets fished <laughs> in Mexico. Yeah, I just went down like a whole rabbit hole about this. But oh basically people illegally hunt the totoaba with these nets um, and the totoaba mm. fish is about the same size as the vaquita, but I guess 
Totoaba illegal trade is like very profitable because some of it it's it's like bladder is highly valued um in certain types of alternative medicine and i don't know it's just really expensive um so and that's what people are doing to make money and it's illegal but it's also sad that people are put in a position of having to do illegal shit to make ends meet maybe i don't know it's just really fucked up and i think the vaquitas are super cute um that's tragic yeah Yeah. it's fucked up so look it up i'm not sure what we can do about it (laughs) um but i do think it's sad uh so so awareness what i want to know is why i've never even heard about this like me either because as a dolphin girl this these little these little guys never also i want to say okay i know baca is cow in spanish so baquita just means like little cow which like i can get behind calling that like a little (laughs) like a little cow i don't know it's cute it is really cute actually yeah caitlin laughed at it but i thought you'd be like oh but well, because well, it, I mean, like, out with no context, I can see how you would not know how to respond. Yeah, I'm like, okay, Lauren just sent me a dolphin, and from far away, my blind ass was like, "Is this a seal a hybrid? <laughs> what am I missing? What am I looking at?" Uh, no. So, anyways, uh, justice for Bakitas. I will put a link <laughs> in the show notes for any information about this, and if I find yep. any actions we can take for the poor Bakitas. I'll let you know. Um, Okay. Anyways, hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to the Average Climber Podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm a certified personal trainer and climbing coach. I'm here with my lovely friend and pal and fellow host, Caitlin. (laughs) I'm Caitlin. I'm a certified nutrition specialist, and we have a pretty doozy episode for you today. Yes. We're excited. We are talking. Can I tell him? Can I tell him? Yeah, I was going to say, please tell us because I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about this. We are talking about the moon board um not other systems boards not other systems boards just the moon board um because yeah this episode would get really long if we talked about all of them we're gonna hone (laughs) in we're gonna talk about the moon board um it's gonna be a very thorough episode we asked you for what you wanted to know about on the instagrams um so hopefully we will be answering most if not all of the questions that were asked um and i am i am excited to get into this because the moon board I would say is the divisive issue. It's a polarizing topic. It really is. And I I feel medium about it. Yeah. There's no one who's like, yeah, I use it sometimes. It's either you use it always or never. That's kind of It does feel like there's two camps. It feels, yes, it feels like a a fraught and troubling discussion to some degree. (laughs) But, But yeah, it's definitely... You know, climbing can get divisive in some areas, but the moon board in terms of training tools, I would say is one of the most divisive training tools yeah. um, that can happen. But before we get yeah. into this week's, t- into today's episode, Caitlin, would you like to share the testimonial of the week? I would love to. So this testimonial is from one of Lauren's custom plan athletes, Andrew, and Andrew says, I went into working with Lauren with little to no experience in climbing at the gym or outside. When going to the gym, I would wander around a bit and try a few problems and not know how to get better. So when I started working with her, I wanted to learn how to train to be a better climber while developing best practices in finger strength and weightlifting. 
developing this base of knowledge was definitely what I am most proud of within the last six months. Now I'm having way more fun with climbing than ever, and I'm looking forward to killing it outside in the spring. I love that. Andrew is also such a good example of like busy dad who is relatively new to climbing and has like a busy work schedule and like Mm. perfect example of someone that like if they asked like a random climber like what should I do to get better they'd be like oh just keep rock climbing (laughs) but like (laughs) yeah we did a lot better than that um and then another struggle that Andrew kind of had was because like we started working together like during the height of the pandemic to some degree where it was like still gym access was like Harry and also he has like mm-hmm. little kids so he's like I don't want to be like going to the gym all the time so we had to get like mad creative and I would say like you we broke a lot of the quote like rules of climbing training to make shit work so just mm-hmm. another great example of like there is no minimum skill level you need to like want to get better at totally. climbing and take a more organized approach um yeah so anywho yeah cool. it was a great time working with Andrew uh shout out Andrew we had a good we had a good time for more than six months it was tight um nice. anywho okay <laughs> well let's, yeah, let's get into it <laughs> jump in okay so first and foremost because I feel like I don't know what I know about the moon board yes is tell me <laughs> pretty much um <laughs> if I said I've looked forward to moonboard days I would be lying um <laughs> but also because the gym closest to me has the worst set like the worst oh, which one. one um is the one with the red holds yes I was like which okay. one is that it's, it's that's the, the bad 2016 one. yes yeah. okay that's- the red holds are universally hated um, yeah it's just so- like it's also the the board is so overused. Like, it's a pretty small gym near us. I mean, you went to it. You saw it. Yeah. And so, like, the, the holds are infrequently. Don't get washed. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, not only are you climbing on a board that is already challenging, but it's it's at a fixed angle, and it is also never washed. So, basically, yeah. it's just a disaster. But I, I do know... You know, like, I know Ben Moon. I know sort of the, like, early baby stages of the moon board. I know people love it, hate it, nothing in between. But I would love to hear some more background info on the moon board. And just, I'm wondering, maybe just for the context of our listeners, because I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the moon board. But in case it's like, yeah, maybe, I kind of know, never used it. Can you just say, tell us more about like what it is, how it works? Yes. Okay. So very basic information. The moon board is a set of holds. Um, There, you know, there's three different hold sets that you can have that your gym might have. So there's that 2016 set that we talked about with the red holds (laughs) that no one likes. Um, And then in 2017 and 2019, they made the whole, made new hold sets, made them better, yada, yada. Um, the moon board will either be set at 25 degrees or 40 degrees. And there are set problems in an app. Um, most moon boards will have like light up LEDs below the hold. So you get an app and then you can kind of pick the problem that you want to do based on what moon board you have. Um, and then light up, light up that problem. Um, and that's kind of the idea. Another thing that's important to know about the moon board is that like the grades start at B3. Um <laughs> sandbag yeah Um. okay so another thing i will say too um yeah i it's kind of like 
how grades might feel a certain way in the gym and how grades mm. might be interpreted a certain way outside. I also right. feel that grades might feel a certain way on the moon board and what Correct. you climb in those three different areas might be different things. My biggest piece of advice is like, don't get too obsessed with the grades on the moon board. But I will say that like in general, I don't typically start encouraging, encouraging my athletes to try to get on the moon board until they're like able to send like V fours in the gym mm. fairly quickly. Is- um, just because like Caitlin, if you had to put like a, this is off off the cuff, people. But if you had to take like a what gl- grade you climb on your gym boulders and make a conversion to the moon board, like what would you call? Um, <laughs> I would be very lucky. <laughs> the last time I got on a moon board, I was projecting like V eights and more V nines in the gym. And I was struggling on the V2s and V3s on the moon board. V3, so, V3. No, I'm V2s. sorry, V3, V3, yeah. V3s um, and 4s, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 3s and 4s. Um, but it was just really, it, um, it's a little little bit of an ego challenge, but you kind of yeah. just have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I started looking for climbs that I thought looked interesting and had movement in them that I am not great at. And I started there because I felt like that gave me a better idea yep. of, you know, like it doesn't, the grades there really, I mean, they don't matter anywhere. Right. But like yeah. they're set by someone, it, they're all subjective. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> right. And we're going to get into more into how like the grades work on the moon board. But yeah. So I would say like, usually you might find that if you're whatever, I would add like plus, plus one to two, maybe even three on like yeah. whatever, like if the moon board says it's V3, it might feel more like four or five to you or perhaps mm. even worse. Right. So that's just something to consider. Don't take that as like a hard and fast rule. That's just like my personal well, experience with it. Um, the other but- thing I'll say that made me really frustrated is that the V5s and V6s on the moon board, I felt like were more approachable. So that's a little bit of um not great. But also I... I know what my skill set is and that might be <laughs> yielding to that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, there's still it's it wild. makes me really confused. So I'm yeah, I really yeah. want to hear more. So okay. I also want to know like what the hell's the history of the moon board? Like yes. what what's going on there? Give us a yeah. lesson. How did we how did we get how here? here? I'm <laughs> so glad you asked. So um, Caitlin, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you another picture. Oh gosh. Take <laughs> us back in time. The 1990s. <laughs> All right. Let me the... get ready. Oh God. Um, okay. So I just sent you a picture. I will link, um, in the show notes to where this picture is from. So from the 1900s. Oh wow. 1900s. That is the 1900s. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that sounds really old. And I'm like, wait, the 1990s count. Yes. Um, um, those are some flat yeah. bouldering shoes. What are you show? Yeah. Tell us, tell the, tell the audience what you're looking at. Okay. There is a man or I assume um, they are. Wearing classic 90s shorts in a 90s color. 
Yeah. Uh, also, so some flatter shoes. Flat yep. shoes. They look like the La Sportiva Mythos. I yep. don't think they actually are that, but that's like what they look it's, like. It's similar flavor. Um, lots of mattresses. A dog sitting on the mattress. Yeah. And mattresses then... with just no mattress cover either. They're just mattresses. <laughs> yeah. Some of them have like flowers on them. Yeah. yeah. How intriguing. Um, And then the climbing holds look like pretty standard climbing holds from back in the day but maybe mm-hmm. there are some handmade ones it's yeah. hard to tell but it is a very steep steep angle on one side and then the other side behind this individual looks less steep yep so it's all it's all wood wood steep walls with <laughs> some holds on them um yep. and mattresses for crash pads and it looks like really dusty and chalky and old very school. historical so, photo yes so the picture that you're looking at is actually <laughs> a picture of the schoolroom, the famous schoolroom in sheffield ah, england so this is cool. a a training room um where a lot of the a lot of the climbers of the 90s that were very strong and influential used to climb. Um, and that's kind of the origins of where these like steep, wooden, really challenging training boards came from. So people like Ben Moon, Jerry Moffat, Malcolm Smith, Stuart Cameron, Richard Simpson, to name some of the names of people yeah. that go were Why climbing is... in the schoolroom. <laughs> Please hold. Why is Sheffield such? Why are monsters produced there is what I want to know. I don't know. This is my theory. That's is probably it it's wrong. Raining all the time? That's that's my theory. I'm like, it's raining all the time, so of they course. actually train. <laughs> and wow. they're also training because they like need to. I mean, I think there's good climbing in England, but there's also yeah. better climbing Hard. that's less rainy elsewhere. Um, True. so they are training to go somewhere else, so they take it mm. seriously. I don't know. That's my theory, but I do think the rain helps people stay inside and actually get strong. <laughs> so fascinating. Um, okay. Yes. So we're on the same page with that. But Great. okay, now I want to tell you. So you might have been like Ben Moon, the moon board. Yes, correct. Ben <laughs> Moon is the originator Weird. of the moon board. Okay, so if you don't know anything about Ben Moon, here's some like rapid fire history highlights. He's the first person ever to climb 514C with his ascent of Hubble in 1990. Um, since then, he has climbed up to 514D and B14. Um, he, yeah, this man has been climbing very hard through, you know, he's has, he did Hubble 14C in 1990 and he did Rain Shadow a 14D in 2015. So he's been climbing Damn. hard as fuck forever, <laughs> um, uh, which is pretty sick. Um, so yeah, this dude obviously knows what's up and has made a really awesome training tool that I'm super excited to talk to you about today. So that's a little bit of moonboard history in case you're wondering like who the hell got the idea to make these like heinous flat <laughs> boards, systems boards, you know? So that's, yeah. that's part of it. Okay. It started in the schoolroom. <laughs> in the schoolroom in the 1900s. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> It'll never get old. Um, So now that we have some context, I want to ask you too, because I know you alluded to this earlier, but I want to know how grades were decided for this particular board. Please, please share. So I'm less of a hater. You're no, you're maybe going (laughs) to hate the way this is. Um, Okay. So from, from what I understand, and I was, I've been researching all morning to try to find answers. And this is what I have found. Um, So, when you go to the Moonboard app, you can make up your own problems. So you could just make up a problem and be like, it's this grade. Uh, and you're the FA. So you get to be like, this is the grade. So 
F.A., maybe sometimes, fucking asshole. That's- <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but, so that's why, so in the Moonboard app, we have, like, you can just put a problem in and call it whatever right. grade, whatever name you want to, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But there are benchmark problems. Um, mm. So benchmark problems are problems that have been validated and decided upon. Validated. Um, by the Moon Board um, Council, the Moon Board <laughs> Illuminati. I do not yes. know who everyone is. You can probably figure it out, but I also think for the safety of these individuals and not getting emails every day, like, I can't believe you'd call that 6C yeah. when it should be 6C+. I understand their desire for anonymity, so I do not know who all of the Moon Board Illuminati are, but they are the ones that decide um, what the benchmarks are. And I actually found um, in my research, I found a video of Ben Moon explaining the benchmark. Oh, what it is. So this is what Ben Moon said. He said, you'll notice in the Moonboard app that these problems are benchmarked. These are a group of Moonboard group of problems that Moonboard moderators have said are high quality problems and they are good for the grade. So, okay. Some of them will feel a lot harder (laughs) than the grade. Mm -hmm. But so that's just something to note. So if you're looking at like random problems that don't have that like benchmark B, someone just said, this is the grade, right? So there isn't like a ton of validation and users can go in and say what grade they think they are. So you can kind of see some like consensus notes around that. But for problems to be kind of like validated or evaluated in any way, the benchmark um, is going to kind of be the most guidance you're going to have on like, is this grade actually what people are claiming it is? Right. Okay. And then you Uh, also might not agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Which is also fine. You're allowed to have your opinions, which I have a lot of them. Um, But sort of, I think this will be a good segue into my next big question, but I, I wanted to ask you too, because where this board starts with grades it's like that kind of base level of Mm -hmm. maybe not base level of climbing but is there a reason that it starts out at this like v3 whatever that conversion is um is like is that because it's a challenging training tool or because it is a training tool new climbers may not want to use it like what are your thoughts there no, that's a great that's a great question. So, yeah, I think it is oriented to be a training tool for more mm. advanced climbers. Um and I honestly think that is a good thing um yeah. in some ways. And I also think, you know, a lot of gyms will have multiple training boards at this point, so they might have like I know the kilter board and the tension board um and even the grasshopper board have more accessible like lower mm. grades on yeah. them, which I think is like a good thing too, but I also think it's okay that the moon board starts out at a certain grade because I think we've all experienced how crowded a systems board can get in the evening. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's not like climbing gyms don't usually have like the rest of the gym that you can climb in. So I think it almost like narrows the audience in a way that mm-hmm. like makes sense. Um, But also that's why the general climbing area exists. And that's also why there are other systems boards. So yeah, in general, like this one's designed for a certain level of climber. Um, and that's why, you know, it's not, if it's your first day of rock climbing ever, uh, it's probably not going to be like <laughs> a fun time <laughs> to go hop on the moon board. No. <laughs> so yeah, okay. that's a good question. Yeah. Well, so. And I don't know the intent that the moon board created. I mean, right. I would assume that they I would have assume. the intent of 
creating a more advanced training tool. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know okay. if their intent was like, make sure it's not crowded. Um, Cause you know, they probably no. didn't know how wildly successful this thing was going to be. So. Right. That's true. I mean, I feel like there was a certain point in my climbing, like climbing years, I'd say that I was like, Oh, I feel ready to get on a systems board. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my first exposure to one was a tension board. So when I tried that and then had access to a moon board for the first time later, I was like, oh, this is this is different. But yeah, they're they're good different. Yep. So I think yeah, it it's it I it's a cool thing to learn about and to understand more so that like it's intended to be a challenge, which is I think a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Well so If you're going to use said moon board and you're at a place where maybe this is a good option for your training, how does one warm up for a moon board session? Ah, this is a great (laughs) question. (laughs) So if you can, climb not on the moon board to warm up for the moon board. Um, I would, you know, unless you're climbing like very hard on the moon board Mm -hmm. where the entry level problems are you know, feel really doable for you. Uh, But if there are other places to warm up, like if you're in a climbing gym where you can climb up in like the, you know, warm up in the general bouldering area and then go to the moon board, do that. Um, If you are not, so let's say you're like in your friend's shed that has a moon board and all you have to warm up on is the moon board. Or if you're building your own shed, I would put jugs on it. Put actual warm-up mm. level holds because having to warm up on moonboard holds, like going from cold to Ouchy rock climbing, <laughs> it's just like it's just like a lot. So I would put yeah. jugs on it so you can actually like get warmed up um on your moonboard, especially if you have it at like the steeper angle. Um but yeah, so climb not on the moonboard if you can. I would recommend getting like your dead pointing and dynamic movement warmed up. Um that's a big one like movement wise, I would focus on that like get warm. You're probably going to want like at least a half an hour of climbing not on the moonboard before oh, you wow. go. Get 30 on it. minutes? That's crazy. Like of just climbing. I mean, maybe if you could you do like if you're if short you on time. I would say like you know 20 to 30 minutes of progressively harder climbing. Like you can go from like warm up level to like flash level or a bit harder and okay. then be like ready to get on the moon board. Okay. Um, point or, is not yeah. none, not none, none to all. rock climbing. Yeah. Like <laughs> get some climbing done. It depends on how much time you have. And like, you know, maybe sure. you're like, I need to get 50% warm and then, you know, me doing like a few V3s uh, or a few of the easier problems mm-hmm. or like problems that you're used to doing on the moon board, you can like finish off your warm up on the moon okay. board. It just depends on like your skill level. So, but generally, yeah, you're going to want to do some climbing. Um, I also think like I, if I'm going to be trying really hard, especially like crimpy stuff, I like doing a little bit of light hanging. Um, so nothing like full on hangboarding, but just some like seven second hangs on like smaller edges like something that feels like rate of perceived exertion of like six or maybe seven so that's like on a scale of one to ten it feels like not challenging but not like super duper hard so i usually i'll do like some body weight hangs on like a small ish edge just to get my fingers like warmed up so we're talking like just get your fingers super warm not like you don't need to do you don't have to do um a full-on like finger training session before you Okay. you know, get on the board. So 
get get your dead pointing warmed up, get your shoulders warmed up. Um, you might even, if you feel like you have really uh, hips that don't open up, sometimes the moon board does require some pretty high feet. So if you feel like that's something, mm-hmm. like do some high stepping on the wall or like do a little bit of whatever hip hip opening thing is good for you. Um, but yeah, those are some of the some of the things that I like to say. Like I think a half hour of like all of this in some way is probably good uh, before you can go get on the moon. Okay. Maybe more if you need more of a warm up. maybe less if you're like, I can, you know, climbing lower level stuff on the moon board can still be part of my warm up. So it just kind of depends, but yeah. Okay. Um, sort of related to this because I've seen also people in these two camps, but people who, will almost exclusively moonboard for their session or after they've climbed for like a long while, then they moonboard thoughts. Hmm. I think both can be fine. It just kind of depends Hmm. on like what your like work capacity is. So for some people that might be like just a normal try hard session. And for some people that might be a little bit much, but I do think you're alluding to something really important which is like kind of this myth. I will say like the moon board and the hang board almost get, can sometimes get this reputation of like, Oh, if you do that and you're not ready, like you're going to get injured and like, yes, but it's all about the dosing and the exposure and Mm -hmm. how much like, you know, there's so many factors that go into that. So yeah, like let's say you never really moon board before. And then you just decide you're going to like go ham and get on it. Like, (laughs) three days in a row or you like go really hard and then you just like ramp up the amount of volume or time you spend on the moon board by like a lot um then yeah you might notice that like things feel a little ouchy or something (laughs) but if you like manage your training volume and you're like okay i'm gonna like try hard on this like one or two you know and i'm just everyone's different so what appropriate amount for you is highly going to vary but let's say you're like just getting into it maybe it's like if you do one session a week where you spend like an hour on it after you warm up that's probably not going to kill you unless you like do that session and the next day you wake up and you're like you know you're like (laughs) and like some muscle soreness is fine but if it's like my tendons hurt and i have onset of you know some tendony tendonitis feelings in my elbows like if you like or you're like shoulders really grouchy at you like it might just be like one day and it's nothing but take note of that and be like Next week, we'll try 45 minutes instead of an hour and go a little mm. less hard and see what happens. So it's kind of just about, like, you managing your volume. Um, but no, the moon board is, like, not going to kill you. It's not, like, special. You know, like, yeah, it's more yeah. dynamic and maybe a little bit harder. But it's still, like, I bet you're trying pretty hard moves in the general bouldering area, too. Like, it's not, like, this right. extra magical death trap that's going to automatically kill you <laughs> just because it's a moon board. Like, climbing's climbing. So Totally. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to hear because sometimes (laughs) it's really hard. (laughs) It's hard for me to like, okay, I'll climb for two hours and then someone in my group is like, okay, I'm going to finish up on the moon board. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Like that just, yeah. (laughs) Um, no, this is, this is a great, great segue into (laughs) what I actually want to talk about next, um, which is like structuring different types of sessions Mm. on the moon board so yeah and maybe yeah this is this will maybe get at (laughs) some of this question you have well (laughs) if if uh your name is marcus and you ask this question thank you for (laughs) yes great question marcus (laughs) um 
Marcus asks, how do I structure a session for strength versus power versus PE? Um, and PE power is endurance. power endurance. If yeah, you, yeah. yes, this, the question boxes in Instagram don't always uh, allow the most characters. Um, but I also okay. like writing PE instead of power endurance. But totally. <laughs> anyways, okay. So I'm going to take you through three different types of sessions you could do on the moon board. Um, and this is definitely not the be all end all of training sessions you can do on the moon board. But these are kind of like the big categories that I usually program for my athletes. Also, if any of the terms I'm about to use, especially the endurance related ones, feel a little like, hmm, I could dig into that more. Listen to mm. our endurance training episodes. That will help you. <laughs> um, so go back and listen yeah. to, I forget which number they were, but go back mm-hmm. and listen to our ultimate guide for endurance training. Um, that'll help you dive deeper into some of this. But okay. So first type of session, and this is usually the type of session, especially if you're like just getting into the moon board or if like breaking into being able to like send like the lowest tier of problems on the moon board, which are still hard, by the way, um, is like kind of where you're at. You're going to be doing more of like a limit or project bouldering session on the moon board because you're going to be like trying climbs that are at your limit. But you can also obviously, no matter what grade you're climbing, you can be doing limit level projecting on the moon board. Um, maybe unless you're like Adam Andra and you can flash every single climb ever. But I still think even Adam Andra could be challenged on the moon board. So um, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's got some hard, hard holds. Um, okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. So, and then another distinction that Marcus very um, astutely pointed out is that there is a difference between like structuring a session for strength versus power. Um, usually I don't differentiate between these two very much just because that's kind of like more specific. Um, but in general, um, if you're trying to boulder for like, maximal strength you might want to pick like smaller moves on smaller holds and like higher body tension type stuff um where you're kind of moving like maybe a little bit slower not using momentum as much um and just doing like more of the like like you know really like grip the undercling and move slow up to the next hard hold like all of that so that's kind of feel more like body tension strength small moves small holds high body tension bouldering for strength um there's a lot of overhead lap in the bouldering for strength and bouldering for power so don't get too hung up on me like differentiating <laughs> yeah. these. it's not like a light switch it's more of a spectrum um so p- bouldering for power on the moon board is going to look more like those explosive movements um doing really big dead points like having to use momentum having to push having to like exert a lot of force at one time it's going to look like faster bigger moves generally on bigger holds so if you're trying to like focus on one thing or you really want a moonboard for power like look for those explosive movements most moonboard problems have a combination of more like strength oriented whatever and power oriented things um so that's just kind of a little footnote there um but yeah basically what you do with a limit or project bouldering type of session is you're gonna pick like two three maybe even four moonboard problems and you're just gonna like work on them and these might end up being like sequences of two or three moves that feel super hard for you um and especially if you're like new to the moon board it might just feel like you're working on two moves that are super fucking hard for a half an hour um and like really breaking them down Mm, so like it's gonna feel super hard super limit level and like you're falling off the same moves over and over again um i'm not going to fully explain all of the ins and outs of limit bouldering on this podcast <laughs> because that, Done that, would, that would just be a lot on this episode, but I am going to link you to my three part, how to limit boulder series. 
um, that I made in little like nice little video masterclass. So if you want to like dig into limit bouldering more and learn more tactics and the ins and outs, I will have a link for that in our show notes. So you should go check that out. Um, so you can look at that if you want to dig into this more. Um, okay. Second type of session. Um, this one I think is my favorite. I think it's fun. Um, it's a fun way to do capacity, especially if you're a boulderer. Uh, this is a great way to kind of do the like capacity work capacity and endurance type training um, without having to do like pukey power endurance. But we'll get to that next. Um, (laughs) So this is, this is something where you might say like, I'm going to go through problems at this grade and just try to flash them or try to do each one in three tries. Um, Or you might set like, or I, I will sometimes call them like a mini project session where you like set a timer for 15 minutes and work on a problem and then like do it or don't do it you got to move on to another problem in 15 minutes and you kind of just go at that whether you're trying to flash do it in three tries or do it in like a certain amount of time basically this is just like trying to send stuff fast so you'll end up doing like a lot of different moves a lot of types of moves a lot of different problems you might not send a lot um just because you're trying a bunch of stuff and you're not gonna like belabor them but that's a fun way to like sample a bunch of stuff this is going to be a type of session that will be more advanced um, just because if, you know, you being able to do, you kind of need to be able to like send problems in three tries or less at a certain grade on the moon board to be able to kind of do this type of session. Um, so this will be for more advanced athletes that are working on the moon board. If you're like just okay. breaking into the moon board, this might, this session might be like a little bit much if you're finding like sending anything, mm, even if you try it for a lot of <laughs> sessions is, you know, if you're like, it takes me, three, four, five, six sessions to send anything on the moon board, Mm. you might find strategy. (laughs) Yeah. You might find that trying to do like a, you know, mini, you might just find that this is like too frustrating and that like there aren't problems at a grade that are like appropriate for this. Um, so that one's really fun. That's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, the last one is an endurance type of session or like a boulder circuits type of session. So this might look like doing like Boulder doubles where you do a problem two times in a row, rest for three minutes, go again. This might look at, look doing boulders on a two-minute clock um, where you do a boulder and then at time zero, wait until the timer hits two minutes, do another boulder, yada, yada. You know, doing like timed boulder circuits where you're trying to do a certain number of problems in a certain yeah. amount of time. Um, again, check out the endurance episode. Not going to re-explain how that works. But that kind of like endurance or power endurance session, like you're going to need to be able to like send problems on the moon board when you're very fatigued. So this is definitely for a more like advanced athlete that can like do the problems and send them, you know, with little rest, with fatigue, fatigue accumulating. So, but those are kind of like the three main camps of sessions okay. that I program for athletes using a mood board. Cool. Questions, Caitlin? Do you, <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you feel like you, like, let's say someone is just getting into using the moon board. Do you think one of these, I know you already mentioned which one definitely wouldn't be for newer moon borders or even like, you know, I guess maybe advanced climbing level aside. Is there one of these or a different option that you would suggest for someone who's just getting into moon boarding or wanting to use that as a tool? Um, no, I think you'll probably just be in the, like your moon board projects or your intro to limit bouldering projects got it um, okay yeah and i also think i do want to say too like 
I actually really like for athletes that have never really worked like hard, hard sequences that are like two to four moves long. I think the moon board or other systems boards are awesome in general, because part of what's hard about working on like super difficult problems in like the general bouldering area is that you don't have a lot of holds to work with. So if like, you know, you're having a trouble with like a big right-handed throw, but all you have is a shitty foot and there's like no intermediates for you to like progress up to doing the move, that kind of sucks. But on the moon board or other systems board, there's plenty of hold density. So if you're like, totally, this is hard, but I could start by trying to get the move with like this good foot. And then I can like get the move that way. And I could start by like adding this intermediate to the sequence so that I can like make it a little bit easier. Like you're just so much more able to like Mm. progress yeah. And like actually like work boulders in a better way for learning like super, that. super, super hard moves um yep. on a systems board. So cool. yeah, yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And I I definitely in my experience, when I was not able to do certain moves, I loved that option to be like, okay, well, this is a good intermediate. I'm still working the movement. Let's work up to that next step and I feel like that was a good way to just like measure my expectations but also still get a lot out of the session yep absolutely sweet well Well, more information to come but yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's take a break (laughs) you know what movie scenes really spoke to me growing up the makeover montages like Lizzie McGuire going on a shopping spree with her pop star icon twin, or Caddy Heron's good girl gone bad transformation in Mean Girls, or better yet, Anne Hathaway's iconic bangs in The Devil Wears Prada. I actually tried out those bangs in eighth grade. Turns out they don't look so hot when you have a massive cowlick in the middle of your forehead. Anyways, the fact is that I love a good makeover. I like seeing how a few simple tweaks can lead to a stunning before and after. And though I'm no Hollywood fashion guru, I've started a little makeover game of my own. With training plans, of course. Every week, I take an audience member's training plan and offer the adjustments needed to take it from alright to excellent. Inside of the weekly training plan makeover, I take you step-by-step through the how and why behind my recommendations that you can watch in a short, actionable video. The catch. This is only available to those on my email list. So if you want to get the weekly training plan makeover delivered straight to your inbox, or maybe even get a training plan makeover of your own, then make sure to get signed up for the weekly training plan makeover at the link in our show notes. And we're back. Okay. So before we go any further, because I'm really excited for what's to come, but (laughs) there, I want to know what you as a coach, you know, you've been, you've been in this climbing industry for three years now, three years years. as a coach, Um, climbing longer than that, obviously. (laughs) But as a coach, what do you love about the moon board? Um, One of the big things I love is that the problems don't go away. Um, True. (laughs) Yeah, because I have so many athletes that are like, I want to send the next like hard grade in the gym, but their gym resets problems like every three weeks. And I'm just like, 
Mm. yo that sucks <laughs> like you probably are capable of sending harder but you just need like more time with a problem and the ability to get on it for more sessions so I yeah. really like that the problems do not go away and that you can you know revisit them um actually I just before this episode I was just trying to find like moonboard videos or whatever to put on my Instagram stories and I found I think what was one of my first like ever sessions on the moonboard and I have a video of it and I'm like, oh my God, I want to go back and like try this problem again yeah. and just see how like different it looks now. So I think the fact that you can go back to it just like you would for an outdoor climb, except for the holds can't even break off. So isn't that neat? Um, yep. Best but, of so all worlds. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I really like about it. Like you can kind of like refer back to old problems. You can, you know, work on something, let it go for a little while and come back. Like it doesn't get taken away from you like other you know like a gym climb that gets stripped um another thing I really like about it is like to that end you can keep like circuits and lists so I literally have like from when I first started working on my project in Lander like I know what the endurance circuit I was doing and how successful I was on that like two years ago right and like you just won't right that's so cool like you just won't have that for things you know so I think it's cool that you can like keep your circuits it's a lot easier to progress those endurance circuits too because I think we've all if you've ever done endurance circuits in the gym where you finally like pick out the sequence of problems and you get it really dialed in and then <laughs> they you change. know that's nice <laughs> for a month and then you're like I'm ready to like change this up so I'll just swap out like one problem and then my circuit will be even harder yada then you go back to the gym your whole circuit's destroyed they've reset everything and you like can't <laughs> you can't use yeah. it um anymore so i think like it's really nice for endurance circuits to just be able to like keep track of it and like gradually yeah. make it harder in a more controlled way than just like praying your general bouldering area circuit doesn't get taken down so i think that's nice um totally yeah lastly and this is maybe something people hate about it but I think it's a great place for you to actually learn to let go of grades and just try stuff that's hard. Yeah, that's such like, a good perspective. No lie. It <laughs> doesn't, like, there's stuff where, like, and I've seen this across the board, all heights, men, women, whoever, like, where they're like, I flashed this V7. I've been working on this V4 for eight sessions. And, like, <laughs> yes, is this, like, annoying? Sure. But also... Some stuff is just going to like suit other people better, yada, yada. And it's Mm -hmm. a great place to just be like, do I think this is hard? Am I learning from it? Perfect. That was the whole point. And there's unlimited numbers of really hard sequences and like problems to learn. So I think it's like a cool place to learn to like let that shit go and just try hard. Yeah, that's such a good point because I feel like it's really easy. You know, a lot of the climbing, I'll say just like the climbing world really focuses on sending and we we've talked about this so much in our podcast but I feel like this in particular is like a really golden way to train these little baby nuggets of challenges in your climbing so Mm -hmm. it's like okay are you do you feel like you're trash at throwing huge moves do you struggle on lockoffs do you struggle to kick your legs across to a whole other yeah. little tiny nubbin like momentum underlings yeah. making your hips useful like so, so many much. things you can learn and on y- a board yeah <laughs> you can literally just do that move too and like 
I, for me, I feel like when I've consistently used the moon board, I felt like I even was able to learn those little things in like single sessions. Mm-hmm. And then I could come back to it and be like, oh, yeah, I, I, know, I know I can do that movement, even though I haven't done this whole climb in a sequence. It's nice to have that that proof there. Yeah. I'm convincing myself to like the moon board. I think it's just been a long time since I've been on one. So I'm a little salty. (laughs) Yeah. No, fair. The other thing I like about it too, is that like as a coach that primarily works with people remotely, it's really nice that I can climb on the problems that I can have a Rolodex of problems that I also like when I'm coaching, even if I've like maybe not climbed the problem, I, you know, when you show me a video, like I've gripped that hold, I know what it's like. Right. So I think that's really cool that like you can talk about problems across the world um, with your athletes or with your friends or, you know, all of that. So I think the community aspect of it is like really cool and something that is kind of like special about being, you know, a climber Mm -hmm. in this era of climbing. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I, I definitely, not to rush us into the next section, but <laughs> I am so excited for this. So this is Moonboard Cringe. <laughs> I'm excited too. <laughs> so Lauren, you listed a few phrases that you hear tossed around. And when it comes to moonboarding and the moonboard, and you wanted to share your thoughts. So I'm going to just read these phrases and I want you to let us, all of us know why they make you cringe. Are all you right, ready? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I do it in voices or? Sure. Um, great. Sure. Okay. Um, it's the only tool you need. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I'm going to be really spicy with this, but anytime I hear someone say this, and I'm sorry, men, but it's usually you that say this, this is like, Problem. the first thing I think of you <laughs> when you say this is, oh, this person knows fucking nothing about climbing training. <laughs> um, like, I'm Get sorry. This if lane. Literally, when people are like, oh, the only tool you need to train is the moonboard. I got on the moonboard, and now, like, I climb so much harder. All anyone needs is the moonboard. That is so stupid. Like, yes, maybe your low-hanging fruit was, like, power, core tension, dynamic movement, being accurate with your dead pointing, all of that. And, yes, we just talked about all of the different ways that the moon board can be so helpful. But, oh, my God, there are plenty of things you really can't learn on the moon board. Like, you can't learn to knee bar. You can't learn to find, like, (laughs) no hands rest. There's, like, whole techniques to slab climbing you know, and like balance on vert that you probably aren't going to learn from the moonboard. There's all this three-dimensional climbing. Like there's a whole thing, you know, there's just a lot to be learned by not just climbing on the moonboard. Like your general bouldering area is going to have different holds, different styles, more opportunities for like blobby compression. Like this isn't just about like the type of holds. It's just like the way you're going to have to move and learn to navigate some things. Like if you just get used to like only working in this like two dimensional flat plane, slightly overhanging type of space, like yes, it's going to make you strong. And yeah, there are tons of things that you can learn that and like make your skills and technique better on the moonboard, but it's not the only tool Christ. Like it's not the only thing you need. There's so many other things. Also like the problems on the moon board are kind of short. So if your struggle is like 
keeping it together as you get like pumped or fatigued or tired. And like, yes, you can do endurance on the moon board, yada, yada. But if you need to like learn how to like, when your pump clocks really starts in at like 60 seconds on like a long pumpy boulder or sport route, and you need to learn to like shake out and keep it together. You can't learn that on the moon board. I could go on, but yeah, like whenever people say this and they just like, don't first of all people just say this in casual conversation and like it's almost like people are giving other people advice they're like oh all you need to do is moonboard and i'm just like (sighs) you don't know anything about that person as a climber you don't know actually what they need to work on you're just like giving this blanket advice like and i know sometimes people maybe aren't like 100 percent serious but people seem like convinced that all you need is the moonboard and no, that's I've so heard fucking this before. stupid. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> like, if you go anywhere near the moon board, you People eventually... like it's a magic fucking pill. Yeah, you will hear it. It's like they they snort the chalk dust coming off of it, <laughs> and they're like, this is it. And they're like hypnotized. And then the closer you stand to it, the more that you're like integrated into this mindset. It's the weirdest thing. But yeah. I think it's important to... You know, I I love that you still said like there's so much you can get out of it, but it's not the it's only not thing. everything. And telling people yeah. it's the only thing they need. What That's... if someone was trying to send a long pumpy sport route, and they already had a bouldering background, right. and you told them the moonboard was the only thing they needed? That's dumb. There's yeah. other tools that could be helpful, perhaps maybe even more so than the moonboard. Because if you need to learn how to relax shaking out on jugs, or yeah. even a long pumpy boulder. <laughs> Right. You to learn how to relax and recover shaking out on jugs and keep your brain together. You can't learn that. You probably can't learn that's there's better tools than the moonboard for that. Anyways, right. I just think that is really stupid and people seem to like yeah. If you okay. say that around me and you don't know it's me, I'm going to think you're dumb in my head. <laughs> so, there you have it. <laughs> Lauren's going to be over there mean mugging you and judging yeah. you. And so. again, this is my podcast where I have to listen to people say stupid things around me um when they like don't know. Yeah, this is our I, opportunity to vent. This is so my opportunity to you- vent and I'm venting. So, welcome. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Love that. So, the next one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like- maybe I'm, this one's redundant, but it this one also makes me mad, so Well, we'll this is happen. a different flavor despite yes. its <laughs> redundant seeness um anyway (laughs) the moon board will solve all your problems i did a big eye roll no one else can see that except for you no wrong i already this is wrong no there are other (laughs) problems okay great absolutely not (laughs) love it um next (laughs) oh this one i actually yeah I'm an equal opportunity attacker, so if you feel attacked by any of these, the other people are getting attacked too. So inward. I don't so okay, wait. Before I read this one, <laughs> I just want to say that I have not thought this in particular about the moon board. But there have been moments where I've been like, I wonder how many people like me have actually put up climbs on this board especially benchmark okay yeah that's all i'm gonna say about yeah, that yeah no 100 <laughs> here's what it is it's impossible if you're short okay and as someone <laughs> that identifies with what caitlin just said um again to remind everyone of our heights i'm five three and three quarters i, I am... round up to five four <laughs> I am five two and three quarters, and I will always round up to five three. <laughs> right. Yes. So, okay. 
So I am not like the tallest person, but there are plenty of people that are very small. Shout out um, one of our good friends, Juliet. Juliet Hammer yes. is a fucking beast on the moon board. Um, so no, yep. I think this is kind of like silly and putting yourself in a box um, if you're a shorter climber and you're like, the moon board's just impossible or the moon board's like stupid. Okay, so here's here's my thing. Um, some things that some benchmarks will be like, this is this, and you will definitely be like, well, <laughs> I have to cut feet on some bullshit to do this move. And it will probably maybe feel harder than the suggested benchmark grade for you. Um, Again, it's the Moonboard Illuminati. I don't know if they have a designated <laughs> tiny person on the Illuminati board. I don't know. Um, yep. So that's just something to think about. But I do want to, well, now I've, I've ribbed you, but now I am going to give you some tips. So, um, okay. Tips for finding your span. So one thing that's really important to understand is that like our longest positions as rock climbers is when our arms are in like a T position or in an I position. So what you need to know on the moon board, um, like I personally know that if it's like eight letters apart so the rows have letters right or letters or numbers I forget I'm pretty sure it's letters on the side um so I know if I'm like eight rows from like my feet to where my hand is gonna be I can probably do it um and that's if like my you know feet are directly underneath my hand if it's gonna be like more of a diagonal it's probably less rows right but you need to kind of know your range so like six or seven rows is like good for me and then once we're reaching like eight, nine, that's where I'm going to be getting pretty stretched out. So you need to learn what your max span is. And that way you can kind of objectively evaluate if A, your feet need to cut or B, if a problem is just going to be like kind of obnoxious. Um, because I think mm. we get into this, like, Caitlin, I'm sure you've experienced this where you get into this thought spiral of like, I think I'm too short for this. And this is annoying. No, you're being a weenie. Like you're not too short. You just have to believe but actually this seems really hard. And like objectively, it seems like, no, you can do it. Don't be a quitter. And it's like, it's like, what if we just objectively evaluate if we actually are or are not too like short to do a move and just like see if our length fits. Um, yeah. Cause I think that can circumvent that like short person <laughs> thought spiral. Uh, I think because, that's actually, yeah. <laughs> I like that even to apply to like just climbing in general. Oh, hundred percent. Helpful. I just I don't think anyone does this enough like I'm no. gonna be honest I've had instances where I've been like for example in Roy New Mexico there is this one v5 that I I cannot do like objectively am too short to do it at all like there is no way to do it and I think it gave me a lot of like peace of mind to be able to say, okay, I have like, this is my, my span and this is what's possible. Could I get stronger? Maybe, but also it's just, it's like, you know, a hair too far. And I don't know that like, I will be able to make up that like two inch difference. So anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is such a cool thing to be able to apply to the moon board because it can be really easy to get caught up to where it's like, oh, this problem's never going to change. It's always going to be the same. 
while mm-hmm. that's positive, it can also be like, well, I'm never going to grow. I'm never going to get taller. So I will right. either figure out beta or like, you know, doing the beta this way isn't going to work. Also, I'm trying to find this quote from Lynn Hill. I cannot find it right now. But there's this great climbing magazine article that was basically the point was stop telling short climbers that Lynn Hill climbed hard so you can too. Um, <laughs> because that's so fucking annoying. Um, another thing that gets on my nerves is when people are like, oh, but you have a better time with sit starts. And I was like, tell me how that helps me on a sport climb. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. But <laughs> the other thing, like, I think Lynn Hill in the Climbing Magazine article that I can't find right now, she talks about, like, they pulled some quotes about her talking about certain climbs in, like, the 513 range where she was just like, yeah, I'll never do that climb. Like, that move is not possible at my height. So even Lynn Hill, who was a bone crusher, obviously, right. even had climbs where she was like, no, I'm too short. I'm out. Like, so your Lynn Hill argument is annoying and shut up. Uh, but right. like, yeah. So I think it's just important to like be objective about that. Um, I also, I just, um, at the time this is being recorded, I just put a call out on Instagram for this. Some Many of you asked like, I'm small. How do I find like problems that, you know, are good for shorter climbers. So I'm going to be putting together um, a little list of like different Instagram pages or YouTube pages of people with like beta videos. Um, I don't think you always need to be using beta videos, but I think if you're trying to find climbs where, you know, if it just gets frustrating being like this before, this before, like I want to find something that isn't, you know, 100%. Yeah. It's just nice to have some, some more guidance. So I'm going to put together like a list of those people to help you. Awesome. Um, If you're a short climber and you have a lot of videos out there, could you also please reach out to us? Email us, um, email us, DM us, whatever. I use Juliet's videos for literally all of Roy. Like I see (laughs) her do it and I'm like, okay, she can do it. I need to ovary up and just do it because right. yes. I see I see her doing it. She's a little bit shorter than me, so it's possible. Yeah. I just like here's what I'm going to work on to make it happen. So it's like okay, I I I feel like that's such an awesome strategy. So thanks yeah. for doing that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a couple things. Um and then just a few things like for for everyone honestly, but for shorter climbers for sure. Uh, matching your hands on small stuff that'll be your superpower heel hooking and really high feet um twisting into the wall using some closed hip twisty action is going to be a big help for you getting more of a reach and also just playing with how much momentum and dynamic movement you can add to certain moves so if you always lock everything off it might be time to be like can i add 20 percent momentum to this and make this move easier and more doable so like play with that too um Ask some quick tips. It is not impossible if you're short. Um, that needs an attitude adjustment, but there are some <laughs> challenges that you need to learn to like overcome just like anything. Yeah. In so just need to kind of like figure out some alternatives, which I yep. honestly, as a shorter climber, I feel like I've had a lot of fun doing things in really bizarre ways that a lot of other people around me are like, what? Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. I've had people tell me before, oh, this makes me mad. Side <laughs> rant. They go, you just can't do it that way. I was like, what? Who who says that? It Am I not allowed to? Or... Like, can you give an example of this? What does that mean? Yes. Okay. So, you remember in Waco Tanks, that climb called Jigsaw Puzzle. It's a V5, yeah. arguably V7, 
it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's some big, like, you know, dead point, like mm-hmm. really hard slots, twisty, bendy things. So anyway, I do this climb without the classic, like, thumb lock for your left hand that a lot of people use. Most people, I would argue, use this. I gassed on it because I'm, I have smaller hands mm-hmm. and it works yes. better for me to get in there. And I, I tried it that way and it sucked, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, to each but their Kayla own, made right? it work. Like, yeah, <laughs> it works well for me. And it's, it's the only way I've ever been able to get through that sequence successfully. And before I tried that, I was like, I mean, this was years ago. I, I was like, Ryan, my husband. I was like, I think I can I can do it this way. He's like, you should try it. And I like excitedly told the people around me and they're like, well, you just can't do it that way. I was like, who said I can't? I'm as, using the same hold. Wait, as in like, that's this? not allowed? Yeah. They were saying it's not allowed. And I, I'm like, what? Okay. Well, to be fair, I'm just using a different part of the what same the hold. Like I don't need to do a thumb lock in order for it to be a send like that's I know that there are some extreme scenarios like that where like yeah if you use a different hold technically it's not the climb like there are a couple ways to do this like v8 called sure. sex after death that like if you do it one way it's like a v7 if you do it another it's yeah a v9. like right sure. that makes sure. sense sometimes but- Sometimes. Debatable. <laughs> I'm still going to yell about it. But yeah. this, on this particular climb, it you're made me. grabbing a hold a different way? Yeah. Like, it made me upset that it was like, well, you, you're not allowed to do that. So this is my roundabout way of having the opportunity to complain on our podcast about the fact that <laughs> if you have alternative things that you can do, you can get creative. And the same thing goes too. If you're a really, really tall climber, you also have to get creative and that's okay. Yeah. There's, yeah. That's the fun, I think the fun part of climbing because I don't want to always use beta that everybody else uses because I'm trying to choose my own adventure sometimes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like if you like part of the fun of climbing is the puzzle. Exactly. That's why we got a lot of engineers in this sport. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, absolutely. 100%. This is a great um, next cringe moment because mm. this is relevant. Yes. It's too bro-y. Mm. This one. Yep. This one. Listen. Listen, people. <laughs> I am sometimes so averse to talking to people <laughs> in certain social situations. And sometimes I just am really whatever. Um, This is not me saying that if you see me at the gym, like, come say hi, I'm fine. But, like, I don't love conflict. I don't love, like, speaking to strangers in certain situations. And so I get the feeling of a little bit of the social anxiety that comes when you need to walk up to the moon board and there's already a bunch of people on it and you want to work in, like, that is stressful. And I think part of the reaction where people are like, it's too bro-y, it's covered in bros, like yada yada. I think part of it comes from that. But like everyone is allowed to use the moon board. Like you can't just like right. get mad at someone for existing and using the moon board. Like that's a little ridiculous. Are there things that people maybe do that are like kind of shitty at the moon board? Absolutely. 
Like 100%. Right. Yeah. Like just <laughs> someone just existing at the moon board. Fine. Someone being like spraying you down the whole time you're on the moon board, making little comments or being like, oh no, you can't join us. Or it's like, you don't own the fucking board. Like, yes, there are <laughs> shitty things people can do. Um, yeah. And some people might like look more intimidating than they actually are. But if you want to use the moon board, you just need to go and sit down. You don't even need to ask. Like, pull up your phone and start working in because whoever is already on it does not, like, own it. There is no reservation system for the moon board. It's just like any other climb in the gym. Um, But I get that that can be intimidating. Um, You know, would it be nice if everyone was, like, cool and inviting and, like, polite and, like, all of that? What a concept. Like, you can't necessarily expect that. Like, usually what I would say is, like, you just sit next to whoever, say, like, can I work in? Usually someone someone will probably be cool and be like, yeah. So just like know what problems you want people to pull up or like look them up on their phone and be like, put this one up. And you just kind of have to learn to be assertive. Um, and I know that can feel like a lot, especially if you're like new to the moon board. So maybe while you're getting used to it, it could behoove you to try to go at less busy times if that's available to you. And I think it's fine to like yeah. take that step. But I don't think like Yes, do like quote broy shitty things happen on the moon board and maybe are people like obnoxious and gatekeepy and maybe people do like say like no you yeah. can't join us like or they bring like 11 friends to like take over the moon board which <laughs> yeah. is like I mean I guess they have the right to do that and is that maybe kind of annoying sure but also like yeah. but also like this is if you want your own private moon board build one at your house right like this is just kind of the way that it is so i think using the excuse that it's like too broy um it's fine if it feels intimidating to like go climb on a new thing in front of like a crowd of people that feel right. more experienced than you like i get that but you need mm-hmm. like if you want to use it it's a you thing to yeah. figure out how to like get the confidence level up to go yeah. like use it while right. other people are because you can't get mad at other people for using it you want right, to use right, it right right like like <laughs> but also this is something i've actually seen at our gym um someone came up to us and was like hey i'm i'm like warming up now i'm just kind of wondering you know how much longer you'll be on the board and like i thought that was kind of nice where it was yeah. like because i was like oh well, you're welcome to join us and mm-hmm. like they did but we told them like oh maybe like 20 more minutes so they were with us for a chunk but then like we switched over and then they were there so I feel like it it's like that was kind of nice like I I I liked that (laughs) yeah I think that's good the other thing is too I will say that if you're gonna try to do like endurance work on the moon board it'll it'd be kind of shitty if you were doing like four by fours when there's like a big crowd, like you can't really do that. Usually if I'm doing like an endurance circuit and someone's like, can I work in? I'm like, Hey, this is, and usually what I'm doing is not like that obnoxious. I'm like, I'm doing a problem every two minutes. So I'm going to put up a thing and be on a timer. Um, if that's cool with, if it's like one other person, it's usually very easy to like work in, especially if you're not like doing a bunch of shit rapid fire. Like if you're like doing a problem sitting for a couple minutes, yada, yada. So just like, communicate what you're doing a lot of people that have reached the point where they're like climbing on the moon board like probably kind of get what training is so you can just like say what's up and then if it seems like that's not going to work like pivot what you're doing um but if you just talk to people um it'll usually work out but yeah if you like are usually evening climbing gym where there's a ton of people it might it just might be harder for you to be able to get like a good endurance session done on the moon board unfortunately um yeah so 
Okay. Yeah. I I think that is a really, uh, definitely a great, great thing to uh, have chatted about. So, yeah. Next. If I get strong on steep terrain, then Bert will feel easy. I know we talked about this, but more thoughts. No. <laughs> more thoughts. No. Wrong. <laughs> No, no. Like, <laughs> whether you're doing this with endurance or the moonboard or whatever, like, if you want to be good at climbing on vertical terrain, you have vertical objectives. Like, some of it will transfer, sure, but also it'd be good if you actually climbed on vertical terrain. <laughs> That's dumb. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. Okay. Last cringe statement. I'm too tall to be good at the moonboard. Ooh. I, I had this. someone who was like 6'4 with a plus five tell me this. Oh, God. Made me want to cry my eyes out in infuriation. I couldn't say anything. Um, but that's also dumb. This is yeah. dumb. <laughs> you you can like you can't get shorter, you can't get taller, like you are your height. And if you want to get good at the moonboard, you're going to have to learn how to like work with that. Just like any other skill in life or climbing. Yeah. Just because yeah. you feel like it's hard, don't blame it on something you can't control, like your height. That right. Flames. That's that's whiny. <laughs> <laughs> Those are like the type of excuses when like, I don't know, there's like the the two types of like no excuses. It's either like the type that's really aggressive about things that you can change. And then there's the other yeah. side where it's like, well, that's a pretty good excuse to say like, okay, I'm tall or I'm short, but yeah, you like, can use accept, that to accept. Yeah. Right. Like you got to accept that it's like a challenge. You got to figure out, not like right. use it. And like, like, just like we talked about with short climbers, there's going to be some stuff where you're like, this really sucks. This feels extremely hard. Like, could someone who is, ex you know, could, is this maybe possible? Sure. Do I feel like figuring it out? Perhaps no. Whether you're right. tall or short, you're going to come up with these things, but making blanket overarching statements like the moonboard's impossible if you're short or I'm too tall to be good at the moonboard, like that's not helping you learn or figure anything out. So, yep. Love it. Okay, well, sweet. what are your final moonboard tips? Any final thoughts you want to share with us before we pop off here? Okay, so my final moonboard tips. One, there's this really cool website. I'm going to link to it. Um, it is mb.timparkin.net. Parkin is spelled P-A-R-K-I-N. Um, someone just made like a very sweet database where you can click on holds and look like, so let's say you're like, I want to work on pinches. You can click a pinch hold on the moon board and it'll come up with a full list of problems Ooh. that use that hold. It's so nice. You can also like use it to look it up, um, like look up problems. Um, I do some just sometimes for my athletes when I'm like huh. programming, like a projecting session for them or something. And I'm like, use your moon board. Um, here's some problems I'd recommend, like stuff like that. So I really like it Ooh. as a coach tool as well. Uh, but yeah, it's super cool. So if you don't want to be like, it's also a nicer interface than the moonboard interface for searching for problems, if I'm being honest. So if you want to, like, make a list from this, um, that's really good. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Sweet. Um, yeah. And then the last thing I want to share is some, yeah, is some wisdom from the Legend of Korra. I think this needs to become your <laughs> mantra as you lose your ego and become one with the board. 
Um, so this is from, if you remember in The Legend of Korra, where uh, Zaheer, is it? Yeah, Zaheer, Zaheer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Zaheer, like the the villain. Um, one of. <laughs> one of the villains of The Legend of Korra. Uh, he, you know, he's he is quoting some id, uh, advice from Guru Lahima before he does <laughs> some really wild shit. I won't ruin it for you. Um, but he says, let go your earthly tether, enter the void, empty, and become wind. And this is what you <laughs> must do to climb well on the moon board. You need to you need to let go of your ego. You need to be open to new experiences and challenges and you need to go fly up the board. So, wow. There you have it. <laughs> so inspirational. More <laughs> more Legend of Korra, please. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Well, that that wraps us up for the moonboarding episode. I hope you wow. enjoyed that. Um, Caitlin, do you have any announcements to make before we close this shebang out? You know, I don't have anything big, huge, and new going on, but I will just drop it in here that my fall coaching spots for um, three months of coaching, but also single sessions, those are booking up real fast. Um, At the time this is recorded, it is quite some time before this episode airs. So I hope that if you are interested, please reach out. I would love to help you out on your nutrition this year or, you know, something you can use for a very long time. So even if you're curious and you want to know a bit more about what we can do together, I would encourage you to either apply or to sign up for a free introductory call. Links in our show notes of course as always yes as always perfect. what about you lauren um okay on my end so i am officially booked up through Woo. the end of october um wow that being said um if you are like dying to work with me i am considering opening up like one or two more spots for start dates in october so if you're like dying and you're like oh fuck i missed it i may make an exception for you um so it just just depends on how many people yada yada so i'm toying with it so at you know at the time this episode is being released um or being recorded that's kind of where i'm at so you can if you're like fuck i really wanted to start a plan with lauren in october you can shoot me an email lauren at good spray climbing at gmail or Lauren at goodspraycliming.com. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm a new fancy email and I'm excited about it. Um, so Lauren at goodspraycliming.com and we can see what we can do. Um, otherwise, I probably won't be taking on new clients until November. Um, I also will have a wait list going for um, if you're w- wanting to start then. So stay tuned for that. Um, other stuff going on. If you're like, well, I don't want to wait that long <laughs> to get a training plan. That's cool. I have self-guided plans that you can literally start right now. So whether you're a sport climber or a boulderer or you just want to build some plain old strength in the general and finger sense, um, I have programs for all of that. And you can learn about those um, at the link in our show notes. Um, Yeah. So I think that is about, that's about it for me. Um, I love it. Cool. All right. Well, that's, I think that's a wrap. That's yeah. a wrap. All right. <laughs> well, until next time, everyone, keep, keep it, it average. average. <laughs> we almost have almost it. there. <laughs> One day we'll be in person again. <laughs>
Caitlin here. We hope you feel less ragey about the moon board. Now I'll close us out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. Have you ever wanted a simple and sustainable way of eating that makes you feel good? Have you ever craved a better relationship to the food you eat or wanted to feel stronger with more energy? Comprehensive nutrition coaching with me can help you achieve these results and confidently understand your needs. Everything from calorie awareness and meal planning to performance foods and habits that'll level up your climbing. That's the power of nutrition coaching. The application is open. Spots are still available, but maybe not for long. Apply today to secure your spot and transform your nutrition this fall. Ready to kick things into gear as you prep for your Thanksgiving climbing trip? Whether you're a boulderer or a sport climber, you can grab a training plan right now to help you holistically improve your climbing. From strength to skills to tactics, Good Spray Crush It plans have you covered. Go to www.goodsprayclimbing.com to learn more. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Caitlin, and my co-host, Lauren. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and Lauren on her Instagram over at Good Spray Coaching. Editing for this episode was done by Lauren Abernathy. Our theme music for this episode was created by Devin Dabney. The Average Climber Podcast is a part of the Plugtone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugtoneAudio.com to learn more about the other shows on this great network.